0: Well, great. You don't even need the background to our message now. Uh, you got all of that, so I can just jump uh, right in to appreciate that. Although, I, I will say, uh, Jared, weren't you Goliath like a few months ago? So now I'm like, wait a minute, Goliath is being raised from the. I don't get it, but we are on a budget crisis, or not crisis, a budget watching it closely. So if we could recycle the toilet paper, that'd be great. <laughs> um, oh, I'm just kidding. I know some of you said like, hey, you know, Pastor Christopher, it's Pajamas Day, you know, and you're not in your pajamas. Trust me, you don't want to see that. Uh, it's just TMI. So, uh, so, you know, hard to focus on the message, trust me. I um, want to just let you know we're coming off just a great day of ministry yesterday. You know, it began with our men uh, serving people and doing uh, oil changes, uh, and then a beautiful night at uh, Jam Fest. Did you enjoy Jam fest. Many of you were here for that. And uh, what a great uh, night of uh, ministry. So thank you so much uh, for all of that. Uh, this is our last weekend in our Signs series uh, where we've been looking at these different miracles in the Gospel of John. Uh, and today is the, the last official uh, of the signs in the raising of, of Lazarus. Uh, and so what that means is next week uh, we are starting... A, a new message series that's called what's in the name and it's just a three a short short series three weeks um where we're going to look at uh jehovah salome how god is our peace Jelo, uh, jehovah sabbat how god is the angel or the leader um of angel armies and then finally the week of thanksgiving jehovah jireh how he is our provider And uh, we're looking forward for all the ways that we're going to be learning about God, drawing close to Him in those three weeks. The reason it is that short three weeks is that the following that actually begins Advent, uh, if you can believe it. Uh, We are, yes, we are getting there. We're making uh, our our way there. And so what we wanted to do is to also give you uh, a bit of response uh, to our signs series, and we've been talking about God working in our lives and, and believing Him for doing supernatural things, for doing miracles uh, in, in our midst. And so one of the things we're going to do, um, it's probably going to be a little bit more devotional-like today in regards to the message, um, and uh, we're going to just open up the altar and have a ministry time. And so we're going to have people here, and uh, we would just like, because uh, I want you to be thinking about this but uh, is there something that you, you need prayer for? You know, is it, is it finances? Is it physical healing? Is it a relationship restored? You don't have to go into all the details, but if you would, you know, just take that step of faith and come to the altar uh, and be prayed for, um, and let us join you in believing that God is going to move. I would even ask you, you know, is there something in your life that maybe you prayed for for a number of years, um, that has just not come to fruition yet, and maybe you haven't prayed for it in a while, but you feel like God's leading you to pray again. So, anything in that way, we're just going to be worshiping the Lord, and uh, you know, people coming forward. So there, there is, there's no judgment. You know, we're not assuming when you come forward that you're confessing some kind of sin. We're only watching you express your faith in God and uh, enlisting people. Uh, to be praying uh, for your request. And then next Sunday, we're going to have a time of testimony. Uh, and so if there's something that God has just done, just uniquely blessed you, you know, just just done something that's just kind of like, oh, wow, you know, God showed up in some kind of way. Um, it won't be long, you know, it won't be like tons of sermons, you know, we just want you to give you, give us the highlights so that we might all praise the Lord. Uh, together, and so that's some of what is coming up. But if you're there, um, in uh, John chapter 11, uh, and what I want to do is, um, we're gonna we're gonna jump in uh, as in some of the story is. So I'm gonna read some of the scripture and then backfill it a bit. But um, you know, to to read the whole chapter, I mean, th- this story is amazing, and there is great reason why John lays it out uh, in such detail. We're going to talk about that. We're going to catch it at verse 32, actually. It said, When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept and verse 36 then the jews said see how he loved him but some of them said could not he who opened the eyes of a blind man have kept this man from dying and so what we have here in john chapter 11 is really the climax of all of these signs they really have been building haven't they through the weeks from uh, you know turning water into wine feeding 5000 You know, healing a man after 38 years, healing a man that was born blind. Uh, And so we're watching all of these uh, kind of, uh, we're watching these miracles build to this one, which will actually be the raising of the dead. Now, it's really, really important that we think about, even for a moment, who Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were. Uh, they were ones who lived in the town of Bethany, which is about two miles outside of Jerusalem on one of the main roads that's going into Jerusalem. Mary and Martha, you might have remembered, we saw them in another gospel in Luke chapter 10 when Jesus is over at their house. Do you remember this story? I'm not going to read it for you, but, you know, Jesus comes into the living room and Martha is fixing all of the food for all the disciples you know, as she's hosting them, Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet, and Martha says, Lord, what's up with this? You know, Mary sits here while I do all of this work, and end up, you know, Mary gets, or Martha gets a bit of rebuke and says, but Mary has actually chosen, you know, the right thing here. Uh, and so Mary Martha and Lazarus, I would almost say it this way because it's really important to the story. Is that you know, Jesus has his 12 disciples. Probably Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are just the next ring out. And so they, they have followed Jesus quite a bit. I, I, my personal theory is that when we have the story of Mary and Martha and them hosting all of the disciples, is that I don't think that was just kind of a one-time instance but there was something that where Mary and Martha and Lazarus, you know, ministered with, served the disciples, you know, as they were in their ministry. That especially in Bethany, there's many significant things you see that Jesus did there. And I think a lot of that, his home base was Mary, Martha and Lazarus' house. And so that, that's really important for what is about to take place. You have to realize that they have this relationship that has been building for three years. In fact, even in this moment, many are moving to the final Passover that Jesus will celebrate into Jerusalem. And so where this is taking place, there's a major, major traffic flow that's through Bethany. So that's really, really big as well. And so Mary comes. Actually, Mary and Martha both do. And they come to Jesus and say, well, Jesus... If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Well, we actually get a bit of Jesus' reasoning earlier in the chapter in verse 11. Because here's what we know, is that Jesus is getting word that Lazarus is sick. And I'm not sure how the communicative loop keeps happening, but it's getting back to Mary and Martha. So I think there's a messenger maybe that goes over and tells Jesus, Lazarus is sick. Then he goes back over to Mary and Martha and said, I told Jesus, I don't know where he is, you know. I think is that why I put, uh, you know, in your notes, you know, where is Jesus? You know, like, like where is he? How, how is it that he could have such ministry with Mary and Martha and not show up at this critical time? Mary, Martha, the crowd, they're all asking this question. How could he be a man that is even so moved in his passing but he doesn't show up. Have you ever asked the question, where is Jesus? Yeah, probably. Probably we have a number of times. Then, as we kind of walk with God, we realize that even Jesus' absence is a form of his presence. You know? And so where is he? Well, in John chapter 11, verses 11 to 15, it says, after he had said this, he went on to tell them, "Our friend Lazarus, talking to his disciples, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, and I'm, I'm going there to wake him up. <laughs> his disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, won't he get better? <laughs> you know, like Jesus, why, why are you going to wake him up? <laughs> I mean, if he's sick and he's sleeping, let's let him sleep. You know, maybe it's helping to heal. Uh, they're really not getting it here. Uh, Jesus was speaking of his death, but his disciples thought they meant his natural sleep. Verse 14, so then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. You see, the setup of this whole miracle and why it is so important is that Jesus is trusting that Mary and Martha, even in the presence of their brother dying will still believe and that this is a test that he's giving to Mary and Martha and i think jesus thinks they're going to pass it with flying colors and they do because when lazarus dies mary and martha don't write him off but they still believe they still believe in jesus And Jesus knew that he could trust him in this instance. He knew Lazarus could trust him in this instance. Because you see, had Jesus shown up and had healed Lazarus when he was sick, well, to be honest, he's already done that miracle. But he realizes that Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were the ones through whom he could display his resurrection power. You know, Jesus, there was another instance where he healed a son. And this is a powerful story. I, I would go read it if you would. That There's a widow who's leading the procession, and her son has passed away. And it says that Jesus just has such um, compassion upon her because he realizes that this widow, all of her health and, and well-being is through her son you know? I, right? I mean, he, it's through his earnings that she could be cared for. And Jesus is so moved in that moment that this widow is in so much trouble because she has lost her son. He walks over and he heals her son and gives her son back to his mom. Powerful stuff. But it was kind of a subtle, almost quiet resurrection. This would not be. But this was the instance that Jesus was to display that he has power even over the death, death and the grave. I don't know if you've had one of those instances where you've been wondering where Jesus was. I don't know if you've gone through days like Mary and Martha have gone through that are very, very difficult days. But here's what we know is that these are times and these are moments where God does some of his greatest work in our lives. I so wish, don't you, that our Christian character and our Christian maturity would just be cultivated through wonderful worship experiences, you know. And we could just go from one beautiful worship experience to another beautiful worship experience, and, you know, and we would just get, you know better and better as Christians. But the truth is, it is when we persevere, it is when we persevere through our questions and through our difficult times that we see that it's through perseverance that character is developed. In 1 Peter 1, six and seven, it says, in this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Are you willing to go through, to go through a lot, so that the glory of God might be displayed in your life? Indeed, that's where Mary and Martha are. Number two in your notes, that we might believe Verse 38 says, Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad order for he has been in there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? So they took the stone away. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you will always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe you sent me. So there's a couple of things going on here. The first is this, is that when he first says, go ahead and roll a stone away, what does Martha stay, say to him? Like, well, Lord, it's going to be stinky. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like... It's not gonna be all that great smelling, you know. Isn't that funny that, that you know that that's kind of her response? Like, yeah, that'd be cool if you raised my brother from the dead, but man, this is gonna smell, you know. <laughs> but isn't it so true that you know sometimes we might feel called by God to do something, to take some kind of great step of faith, to actually, you know, pray and step out and believe him for a miracle. But then all of a sudden we realize that if we do that, it might look a little embarrassing. You know, it might look a little, like, funny to other people. (laughs) But we have to persevere through the embarrassment in order to see the other side. Remember I told you the story of when we felt called to start a church with no organization, no building, no people, no finances. Remember how I told you, you know, people came to me, took me out for lunch. I appreciated the lunch, too. But they just said, you know, Mr. Christopher, like, you're not thinking this through. Like, there's no way, you know, that this is ever going to happen. Of course, we were trusting God, right? We, We were feeling called. But I had to work through some kind of embarrassing conversations that were saying to me, like, you know, wow, he's really out there, you know. And that's just the way it's going to be. And you've got to keep believing in God in those times, even if it's a little embarrassing on occasion. It's okay. I'll tell you what, you ask Mary and Martha after this instance, they're glad that they persevered through the smell to have their brother back, I'm sure. And then Jesus says, look, Father, the whole reason I'm here, the whole reason I'm doing this is I want to bring honor and glory to you and so that they might believe that you sent me. You know, here's the thing. In our faith journey, the thing about it is, is that if it's going properly in our life, our faith and our belief are growing. And so this, we're walking with the disciples here as they believe from the water turning into wine, as they believe in him feeding 5,000, as they believe him healing a blind man, an official's son, an invalid after 38 years. But now the disciples are ready to believe in the resurrection. And that's what Jesus wants them to know, that you can trust and you can have faith in me through all of this, and that's what he's calling us today. I don't know where you are in your faith journey, but I encourage you to keep believing and trusting in God and let him build your faith. Point number three, Jesus makes the impossible possible. Verse 43, when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out, and the dead man came out. His hands and feet were wrapped in strips of linen and in a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. I mean, here's what we know, right? In church history, there's two traditions. That is whether Lazarus became the bishop of Cyprus or a church planter in kind of the area of Europe and of France. So here's what we know, is that out of the grave, God had tremendous purposes for Lazarus. Like, this is not the end of Lazarus' story. It's not like he lives for another month and then passes. But God uses him mightily in extending the kingdom. The other thing that we can um, see here is that And what we know is that this resurrection of Lazarus is a beautiful foreshadowing of the resurrection of Jesus. Because here's what Jesus knows is that in the moment that he will be resurrected, then probably a lot of people will connect the dots and say, well, of course he's been resurrected. That's what he did with Lazarus' life, right? Also, too, I would share... But the truth is, is that at one point we were all in grave clothes. We we're all in this bondage. And some of us have actually followed Jesus' call and we've stepped out of the grave of our existence without God and we started that relationship with Him. And so I encourage you that if you are someone who feels bound up You feel heavy from the weight of the world. God is calling you to take off those grave clothes. Or maybe in your life, you did take off those grave clothes at one time. But to be honest, as you kind of journeyed with God, maybe you've put some of those back on. And God is saying, let them go. Walk free. Be unbound in following me. And so we have in Bethany, as the people are streaming through to Jerusalem, this amazing, beautiful miracle of Lazarus being raised from the dead. This is the power of the Savior we serve. Now, what he had told Mary and Martha when he came to them, I remember that exchange where he says, do you believe Right? I mean, that, Jesus has asked that question a number of times here. Do you believe to Mary and Martha? And Mary and Martha said, well, yeah. We, I mean, we believe in the resurrection of the dead. We believe that one day Lazarus will raise again and have eternal life. But here's what Jesus challenged them on. But do you believe that he can live today? So I want to To wrap it up with this question, and that is this that you might be here, and it's quite possible that you are trusting Jesus for eternity, that you believe that Jesus one day is going to raise you from the dead and give you the gift of eternal life, and that is so important. But I got to ask, do you believe Him today? Do you believe that he can touch you today? (laughs) That he is here for you today? You see, Jesus wants us to trust him for our eternity. But he wants us to trust him each and every day for every part of our lives. Let us pray together. Well, God, as we come to this time service Lord. I mean, we come asking that you would guide our lives that God even in this moment that there are things that you are resurrecting in our lives, maybe something that's gone unanswered for a long time. Maybe something in our lives that actually, if you pressed us, we truly believed that you didn't have power enough to touch. But God, we see that you have power over all realms in this earth. There is nothing that is impossible for you. Impossible is not in your vocabulary. You even have power over death and the grave. And so, Lord, may you help us to respond. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray.